It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. Hey, Achieving Reality, the podcast fans! Due to a large number of interviews with filmmakers and more, we are starting a new addition to the family, Achieving Reality Film School! Here you go, take a listen. everybody! Welcome to Achieving Reality Film School! Our first set of interviews is from the Women in Horror Film Festival. We bring you writer, director, producer, actress, an all-around great person, Kay, who wrote and directed Black Lake. Enjoy! Hey, welcome to another Achieving Reality, the podcast at the Women in Horror Film Fest. We are with... Kay, and she did the movie, the feature film, Black Lake, and it was a world premiere yesterday, which is really cool, and she is Bad Wolf Films out of the UK, so uh, welcome to, well, welcome to America. Thank you, Larry. Welcome to Georgia. It's a pleasure being here. Uh, Love the shirt. She's wearing a Suspiria (laughs) t-shirt. And uh, love the jacket too, though it would look funny on me because I couldn't. This fit is into one that. of the reasons we don't want to leave. Because yeah. I like your jacket. Well, no, so we found. I, I found out. Well, no. Southern hospitality is a real thing. You, you guys are far too kind. Everybody no. has been very kind to us since we've been here. I mean, I can, I can big change. I, I, no, no, no. I'm just getting used to no, it. No, so. No. <laughs> uh, so now I think I'm just going to lead off with this. Um, so you've been here for the three days? Yes. What did you find in what you've seen that's really grabbed you and, you know, made you go, ooh, that's a great idea, or give you some inspiration, or you just really love the film in general? I think um, just being here, first of all, has been an incredible, incredible experience. So we are both very honored to have this platform. Well, we're you know, Women in you. Horror Film Festival, um, just have this platform. And the audience has been great. The people we have met, have, like everybody has been absolutely amazing, which is going to be why really sad when we leave tomorrow morning um the films i was saying to vanessa um i loved how carefully everything was curated because yesterday we had our film screening yesterday at 7 p.m and it felt like a lot of the films that we watched throughout the day because we got here early we we wanted to catch as much as we could and it was almost like there were bits of black lake in other short films and it just reminded me of something david lynch says about 
basically like fishing for ideas, like waiting for the big fish. And I was, and I said to ZK, it's like a lot of these filmmakers and us, we've been tuned in to the same kind of source and, and we've all got something different from it. So that, that was a, an amazing experience to have. There have been some great, great films. I'm trying to think from the top of my head, um, the ones I really, really enjoyed. So cleanse on the first night. <laughs> yeah, cleanse was very cleanse good. Cleanse was was really good. Really they were actually that. our first interview here. Oh, brilliant, brilliant! So it was really great to talk to Maggie. Um, I was the one that said, "Can I get your intestines recipe?" So, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it. I got it. So she was telling us that she gets that every time oh, they show it. Brilliant, brilliant. So and it's great because. Uh, got talking to Simone and I said, do you realize how relevant your representation is in this film? So that was really good. Um, so we're, we're also friends with Maya who um, did Diabla and it was just great to have Diabla screen straight after Black Lake. So it was great being here for that. Um, we've just met so many people when, and it's nice when they talk about their films and going to support their films, you know? So yeah, some really, really outstanding films. We, we really loved the international block yesterday. Um, the Renegade Shorts. Um, there's a lot of talent here. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, so what brought you into doing Black Lake? Ooh, that's a lot. And a little, right? if we can hear a little bit about Black Lake. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah, okay, so um, Black Lake is my second feature film. So I've been oh. making films for about, this is the 13th year of Bad Wolf Films. Oh, wow. So I basically started making films when I was a student many years ago. And... It was when I was starting my PhD that I thought, you know, I, I'd rather just use the money to make a film now. So I'm, I'm a big fan of horror. I always felt like my job was to scare people. So as a as a young girl, I was a poet, and I and I would I would also write horror fiction. So um, I just love scaring people to death, and I got told off for it all the time. So, I like her more already. <laughs> um, oh, who doesn't love a good scare? So, um, and when I went to university. I went to study mythology and literature and mm. I had to do an optional like film course and we were studying film theory and we ended up adapting an Edgar Allan Poe short and everybody just said, oh, okay, you should be the director. And I said, okay, clearly I don't have a say in this. So that was my first project. I, I realized I loved it. And I thought as somebody who's been writing, you know, horror stories for a while, it would be great to actually write and direct because I feel like I can really connect with this. So I, for my, um, my third year dissertation, I did a short film and I was the first student at the University of Essex to make a short film because they had no practical filmmaking course. Um, so, I, you know, I, I when I was at university, I studied The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, um, George Melier. I, I was in love with everything. Maya Deren. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I really hope a lot of filmmakers now who, who want to get behind the camera or even in front of the camera, I really hope they have the opportunity to kind of look back at where film comes from I think you have to. Right? Yeah. So um, so when it came to my PhD, I, I kind of gave up on that, filmed my first feature, which was Maya. And that was a feature film I did out in Pakistan because my parents are from Pakistan. And as a fan of world cinema, art house cinema, I thought I want to give people something new. So I decided to make a feature film about jinn possession, which is like demonic possession right. out in Pakistan, because people still believe in it. And I filmed in a house that was infested with jinn. Oh, nice. Uh, we had a lot of supernatural experiences. And it was a great moment for me because uh, my family out there, I guess, started to take me seriously. 
Um, it was a fantastic experience. It's just that when we um, did screen it, we had a good response in London. We had a good response in Pakistan. Um, but with the festivals, it just didn't hit at that time because politically, it was a very sensitive time. You know, it's shot entirely in Pakistan. It's At the time, it was a two-hour film in the language. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought, right, let's put this on the back bench. And a lot of people said, okay, why don't you make something really visceral? Because, you know, demons, they kind of float about mostly. Um so I thought, okay, let me make a film about Jarel, which is another um, kind of supernatural creature people in Pakistan and India um, really believe in. Um, so that's where the idea of Black Lake kind of started to form. Um, so the more I kind of thought about this concept of the Jarel, which is a South Asian witch, so not like, um, we're not talking Hocus Pocus, although I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> have to watch it all the time right so um with the concept of the jarel the more i looked into it i found out this is actually about violence against women a jarel is said to be so basically if a woman is murdered raped or lives a life that society is not okay with when she dies she then manifests as this kind of sadako type figure so kind of long black hair backwards feet contorted limbs like almost banshee like Similar, but she's she's very real. Like yeah. you would you would be able to touch her, Ooh. right? Yeah, so no, thank you. <laughs> and vice versa. Exactly. So you know, I grew up with stories with oh, people are not allowed to like pee on certain trees and things because that's where the trail lives. She will come after you. So the only time I'd ever kind of seen trail in in films was Bollywood cinema, where she was very much like a siren type figure. So you know, seductress, long black hair, seduces men, kills them. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. So I went back into the kind of origins of that, dealing with violence against women. And then the Delhi bus crime um, happened. And that really, really affected me um, as a person, as a filmmaker, as a woman. And I just kind of com combined the two things. So I ended up with a very emotional film, which I think showed last night when a lot of people were very touched, upset. Some people couldn't get their questions out. And that, that felt amazing to me that, that people connected on that level. That's amazing, yeah. To, to hit somebody uh, emotionally and spiritually like that, mm. that's very good. I do have to ask, Drill? Churel. So, C-H-U-R-A-R. Oh, okay. Churel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. When you originally <laughs> said it, I was like, Drill? All right. Well. If only. Nobody's getting away that easy. No, no. In fact, I like your idea better. <laughs> so That's our American-centric nature's showing. Yeah. That's all right. She said something in a funny accent. No, no, it's not that. I just didn't. That's okay. I didn't process. It's it's a word you've never like. It's a no, word exactly. I've never heard that. Exactly. Like the gin, I know, and ifriti, okay. and, and well, all that. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, we, we're gonna have to talk okay. more. No, we know that from fantasy gaming. Okay. Most people okay. here well, don't understand. That's anything. where I learned Final it. Final Fantasy, ifrit. No, no, no. D and D. Oh, D and D. Okay, sorry. The, they will know. I dream of genie. Okay. Well, it, that's that's pretty much. Genie. That's pretty know. much the whole concept. Yeah, Will Aladdin, Smith. Right? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, no, I, but they won't understand the true. Mm. Background he says to that it. I spent time studying it. I also know about the oni and okay. and all that. So that's yeah, I'm a spiritual guy. From the monster manual. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm everything that I know is. I, I took some time away and went. Ooh. Good. Good. Now so, I, I was after really reading the monster that. manual I went. Hey. <laughs> We have so much to talk about, Larry. No, exactly, right? So you just you just produce and direct, or do you write as well? So I I do, do almost all. everything, yes. All right, yes. so... Uh, what's that? 
Oh, I've, look at that. That's because I fired oh, the other you, one. Okay. See, how do you do that? Oh. Be the lead actress? Or? With great and direct, difficulty. And direct with and the, everything uh, else. CK suffered a lot, which is why we're going to Mexico to have a little holiday afterwards. Ah. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good idea. Right? So I'll get you to field this question as well. We've asked the other filmmakers we've talked to mm-hmm. about the um, the differences between the female-led horror movie and the male-led horror movie. Our running theory was that we noticed that the female films... The story is driven more by the actions of the characters rather than the mm-hmm. actions of the horror source, okay. the monster or whatever yeah. it is. And it's a, it's usually in something more personal, something more mm-hmm. internal than in the male-led horror movies. It's the guy with the axe is coming mm-hmm. to destroy your home, mm-hmm. an external force. Okay, I'm going to say something really controversial, Chris. Um, Please do. Please but do. The thing That's is, what I, about. I believe in good storytelling, no matter where oh, it's no, coming sorry, from. We have to cut you oh, there, sorry. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Let's cut that bit out. Okay. So I I believe in good storytelling and it's great that women are getting to write, direct and like, you know, I love the Soskas, what they did with American Mary for me um, when I saw that at Fright Fest in in London, it was game changing. It was, I was so proud of them. But then again, when Jordan Peele did Get Out, we got up in the theater and we applauded so loudly. We were like, this is great because it's great storytelling. Um, I recently, it was last year when I watched Assassination Nation and somebody asked in the Q&A of that, oh, would this have been different if it was directed by um, a woman? And I thought, you know what, Assassination Nation, I love that film. It was in, it was one of my top 10 films of that year. And I thought, I think it was well done because you can clearly see that despite the director being male, he collaborated with the actresses and it pulled through. The performance was great. So yes, I mean, I think with... <laughs> With films, there is perhaps differences. But when you watch something like Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, the sci-fi film. Oh, Strange Days, yeah. Right? When you watch that, you would never know that the director behind it is female. It doesn't matter. It's just a great film. I love that film. When I found out, I was like, oh, Catherine Bigelow. I was like, you would never think, you know, because of the content of the film. And it's, I just thought it was amazing. So for me... It's all about good storytelling. And filmmaking is becoming very diverse. People, it's becoming very accessible. So I just say to people, look, if you've got a story to tell, just tell it. Tell it well. Yeah, I like hearing that more. I like to hear that more independents are looking for more story mm-hmm. and more, you know, less formulaic material. Yeah, right? and more going on and not just, you know, here's your killer, here's the people, and here's all the blood. Right. You know, and no knock to, because I love slasher flicks. Oh, absolutely. But they have gotten very repetitive. Well, they belong to a certain time. And at that time, exactly. that's that's what, they, they were amazing. And that's, you know, everything is a product of its time. And things have really, really changed. And, it, you know, films, like most things, are influenced by everything that's happening around us. Mm-hmm. So, in the yeah, times. And absolutely. Then, yeah. I'm glad we had that discussion earlier about ratings, because it would have slipped my mind. UK has a different rating system than yes, we do. Yes, we do. We were asking yesterday about there is a trend with horror in America right now to bring it to PG-13. To, Which means to, you have to be... A, to widen the audience. At least 13 to because go. Because of what happens... Well, are you talk, are you going to ask about Black Christmas? No, no, actually, it's, <laughs> no. Just, it's just more of a marketing thing. Okay. They want to have the widest audience possible, mm. so they tone it down. Okay. So that 13 and over can get in to see the movie. I didn't know it was happening like on that scale, but um, yeah. unfortunately, I did not get to see something like um, Black Christmas. But I know there was a lot of controversy with the rating being lower because people were like, we want R-rated horror. And, and that was quite upsetting for me. And I, and I was just like, well... Well, we've had a few movies here lately mm-hmm. that 
when they first go to make them, they're like, yeah, this is going to be a hard R. And then by the time they get around to having it done and everything, they're like, it's PG-13. I'm oh, like, gosh. Oh, really? <laughs> and they usually soften the content a bit just to get a wider audience, which okay. from a marketing standpoint, you can understand. Absolutely. You want that broad audience. But for horror fans, it's a little controversial because we want that mm-hmm. edge. We want it. the hard R. We want, even if there's no, I mean, honestly, you can have a hard R and not have the blood and gore. Granted, it creates it where it's mostly the sounds and cussing mm-hmm. and just violence in general. Right. But I want what comes with it. I want everything that comes well, with it. Well, we actually, um, I, I was saying to CK that when we did Black Lake, um, I said what I would love is if it got like a 15 rating at least. It's not hardcore enough to be an 18, which is an R rating, mm-hmm. but definitely a 15. I, d- I don't want young children coming along to see it. It's just... You know, it's it's just for me, like, I'm always very excited to see, a, like, a 15 rating to be like, right, I know what I am I can get, you know? But, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with anything less than that. It's just my kind of vision with the kind of... I, I do like this beautiful violence. That's what I want for my cinematography, you know? A lot of people ask me what inspired the visuals of Black Lake, and I say, you know, Brian Fuller's Hannibal. You know, you wouldn't have, like, a 12-year-old watching that, or... Um, you haven't been in the theaters I go into. <laughs> they must be cool theaters. Not really. <laughs> And like Nicholas Winding reference, The Neon Demon, when I saw why that got the 18 rating, I was like, this is great. I went to see it five times, once to see it for myself and the other four times to watch the audience freak out. And I, and I loved it. So I actually went to a Q&A uh, with Nicholas Winding reference and I, I got up and I thanked him for bringing everybody together with independent cinema. And um, we all got to watch a bit of um, necrophilia. I said, you can't enjoy that experience at home. Watching it by yourself with your popcorn, that's that's sad. You need you feel, whole, you feel weird about that. Right? Yeah. No, I mean you, you want to enjoy the crowd freaking out mm-hmm. and, and I loved it because that film had a, it actually had a female DOP. And I I felt that because the shots just felt really intimate in a in a very feminine way, which I absolutely loved. So there was that kind of attention to detail. Very cool. Yeah. So Chris was telling me that you filmed Black Lake in three different locations yes yes so um despite it being majorly self-financed um (laughs) familiar with that we already know about that yeah yeah so um the original idea for black lake was that it was going to be filmed entirely in pakistan because that's where the story of the drill comes from and it's so much cheaper right so i can i can just do it all and and it would be fine but the risk with that is i have to fly solo because i can't risk bringing my own crew it's just not that safe but when I got there, everybody who said they'd be involved in the film, the cast, the crew, everybody basically bailed. And um, because because of superstition, because people are so oh. afraid of the drill, they were like, we do not want to get involved with this. Especially with what happened on the, the set of my last feature film. People were like, nope, never again. Leave us alone. So um, I managed to film in... Did you murder someone on your last feature film? No. No, no but a, a whole lot of other crazy things happened. Yeah, okay. So, murder is such a harsh word. Yeah, it is. Not really. It has a, it has a nice ring to it, though. It does. <laughs> so um, I ended up filming in a necropolis, one of the largest Ooh. in South Asia. Um, and that's where I found Nasima, who ends up being the kind of heart of Black Lake, which was a really big risk for me. And I, I'd said to my family out there, look, everything's falling apart. I have to just go out. And I'd seen this young beggar girl, Nasima. I'd taken photos of her when I visited the necropolis just to, you know, just see what was around. And I actually went out to find her. I said, she's going to be in my movie. I spoke to her mom. And they, these are people that live in huts. Right. Huts. Like like in the Three Little Pigs. They could get blown away. And I, I it was such a big 
moment for me because I had never experienced this side of life, this part of life. And it was dangerous. We bought water for them, um, clean clothes, footwear. And every time we tried to pay them, like police officers would come along with guns and like take the money from them. So that, that was an experience. Um, so we ended up, well, I made a decision to cut it short. Just whatever I had, I thought, let me just turn this into some kind of prologue or a trailer. Get out of here because I'm putting these people at risk. Mm. So I did that, came back to London, um, got a job, got more money together because obviously we were not filming in rupees anymore. It was pounds. Um, yes, big difference. So then I decided I'd like to film somewhere where we don't inconvenience anyone, where we can just run around covered in blood and nobody would call the cops. So, so hard to find these days. Right? <laughs> Go to Scotland. That's what we did. So right. I, I went through the Airbnb. Well, it's just a Wednesday night there. <laughs> so um, I went through the Airbnb and I found this huge house basically in the middle of nowhere in Scotland. I got in touch with the um, owners and I said, look, we're looking to do this film because I thought if I structure my film around this house, it could also house the cast and crew, which saved me some money. And um, the owners of the um, house, they, they said, oh, well, it's not really available for Airbnb yet, but we... We love the idea of the film. We're going away for a while. You know, you're able, feel free to use it. And they were actually local artists and painters. And because the film is about painting as well, we managed to incorporate some of their paintings into the film, which was fantastic. So the, the main shoot happens in Scotland and the house was conveniently by a lake, which was amazing. We started timing how quickly we could get down to the lake. So we were all really toned and everything mm. by the end of the shoot. So I, I miss those days. <laughs> Being toned or? Everything. Yeah, everything. Having a lake she, to run she, to? <laughs> right. So um, that was that. And because of the setbacks we had, which were several setbacks, the original cast and crew I fired as well. So this, the first Scotland shoot did not go well. Um, so we did went, you get a good gag reel out of it? Oh, we've got so many goodies. Yes, yes. I, I don't know. DVD extras. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we did a one-day London shoot. So that was that. was that? How was that? The London shoot went really smoothly. So um, after the first Scotland shoot failed, I was really relying on this London shoot to just go smoothly, to just kind of lift my spirits back up. So I did the London shoot, edited together the film with the, the Scotland footage and everything, and I realized... I was really unhappy with it. I was in a really bad place and I thought, I'm really unhappy with this. The the spiritual energy, because filmmaking for me is, is a deeply spiritual experience. And I thought the, the cast and crew, I, I can't deal with it. So I basically got rid of everyone. They were not sensitive to the story, basically. For them, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, we're making a film. We're going to have a blast. And I'm like, this film is very sensitive. It's very emotional and you, you've got to get on board with it. So um, I made the really tough decision to reshoot and because I had no money left, I said, I'm going to have to be in it. And everybody said, finally, because <laughs> you wrote it. You know this better. You know the character better than anybody else. So people were like, let's do it. And I said to CK, I was like, I'm really sorry, CK, but you're going to have to be behind the camera. And she was like, what? And I was like, we can do this. You're the only person I can trust. And we did it. We got an, um, one of my best friends, Michael, who I've practically grown up with, um, one of my two only two kind of horror movie loving friends um so he got on board and he knew exactly what kind of horror i wanted and it was just a blessing we, we got the whole film through he always says okay it's a miracle this film exists after everything i'd like been through he said it's an absolute miracle so well shit canning everybody and then rehiring <laughs> basically an almost all new crew yeah i didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't see that mm -hmm. yeah so since journey. it's been brought up 
what happened on the previous one that freaked everybody out? My first feature film? Yeah. Right. So um, so we were filming in a house that actually had gin in. Oh, and, yeah, you were explaining right? that. So I said to people, look, just this is what the film is about. We're going to attract this kind of stuff. So everybody be calm, right? So we did a scene in Maya where the two main actresses, they were basically on either side of a like a gate mm-hmm. and tugging at it. And this, this gate was rattling. So I remember somebody who lived in the house um, the next day saying, when you guys left the set, they could hear that rattling all night long. And we had moments where... Um, did they piss someone off? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's what it sounds right? like. Um, and then no, there were they moments... they just wanted to be in the movie too. They, they were auditioning. They did. <laughs> there you go. But they were a bit Foley. late. <laughs> we got some great Foley for that film. And, um, you know, we had moments where we ha- we expected power cuts because it's that kind of place. But mm-hmm. then we had very irregular power cuts. And I remember somebody saying, what's going on? They came up with a candle. They were like, there's a whole lot of cats downstairs just like congregated by the front door. And, you know, was, we were sitting there. That's normal. The power cuts, right? I said, don't worry about it. This is fine. Yeah. Okay, so are are this, we not filming the exorcism yeah. of Emily Rose? <laughs> just get some no, tuna. This, and this is out the basis for the next movie. <laughs> Absolutely. The making and, of the first movie. <laughs> yes. And then, unfortunately, things did get a bit more serious because after I'd left the country and gone back to London, somebody had told me that um, something had attached itself to one of the younger Ooh. actresses in the film and she'd gone to get help. Because of that, the, there was a cat in the film which apparently jumped off the roof and killed itself. Um, so there, there was a lot of things like that that people kept from me. And we actually, I actually managed to record authentic demonic sounds for Maya. No, oh, very So cool. that was an experience in itself. Are you um, sure it just wasn't echoes of me snoring? <laughs> Which we've used. We, you never no, know. We have used that in movies before. So, <laughs> so that, that was an experience in itself. Um, so I always make sure when we were editing Maya that I'd never left the hard drive on or the laptop on because that was the kind of sound I'd never want to hear in my sleep, waking up, or any time really. So. Yeah, that's how I go to sleep. <laughs> I usually put on like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, the sound of chainsaw. It's just low. Oh, no, that's too loud. No? And then if it runs out of gas, it's just. <sighs> right. ASM Guar. <laughs> ASM Guar, yeah, exactly. Well, what do you have coming next? So, um, I mean, it's, you're getting pretty dark, yeah. so. <laughs> okay, well, I'm actually going back to Maya. So, because oh. I finished that five years ago and it's been on the back bench, I learned so much from Black Lake that I'm basically polishing it off. It's now no longer two hours long. We've kind of tweaked it. It's um, ten hours long, though. <laughs> right? That's that's the director's cut. That's a bonus DVD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or three. <laughs> and uh, so I'll, hopefully that will be on the um, festival run next year. So that's that's a plan. Oh Just well, if so of, we hope to see you back here then. It would be a pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and on top of that, I've finished scripting my third feature. Oh. So the moment we can secure some financing or just get that together, I'm I'm just eager to just get onto that. Although I'm quite terrified of the concept myself. Oh. Um, I have a really strange filmmaking process. I know a lot of people say they spend quite a while kind of being inspired by things, and um, it things appear to me. It's very voodoo esque. Well, if it's not scary to you, why, how can you exactly. scare somebody else? Exactly. With it? I did. I did. Thank you. Where is it now? Oh, the same one. This is the ring. He said it was really wide. Oh, there was another one. Yeah, it was yep. wide. very pretty though. <laughs> Thank you. He just wants it. It was just aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It has special powers. It does. Shazam! 
Uh, yeah, so um, so I'm looking forward to doing my third feature, and I'm I am quite terrified about it. Uh, what happened? What I'd been spending a while after Black Lake just thinking, what what do I want to do next? Um, and I had an idea, um, but it just wasn't happening. Like I wasn't forming anything. And I remember one time CK came back from work, and I said, "You need to sit down." And she's like, "What?" And I said, "The whole idea just arrived." And she's like, "Okay," because that's how it that's how it works with me. And she sits down, and I'm just like, "This is a third feature film," and I just tell her everything and she's like wow that's an improvement from yesterday (laughs) (laughs) so uh and i'm i'm quite disgusted about the ending obviously i can't talk about it but the moment i it it happened it's like i'm mortified at how could this happen but i I have no power over it the the films make me that's what i tell people that's pretty cool right so i'm I'm pretty transformed after black lake i think so (laughs) very cool very cool well, I will say thank you very much. It's been yes. a pleasure, thank you Larry. For taking some good time. It's been very interesting. And yes, when these go down, we do need to talk more. Yes. Um, but uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for the interview. And uh, thank you we, for sharing your work. Thank you for sharing your work. Thank and you. And we hope to see more of you. It'd be a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. They were a wonderful pair to chat with. Now, stay tuned for more interviews from the Women in Horror Film Festival and more. See you real soon. Hey, everybody. Larry here from Achieving Reality, the podcast. So you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right. Achieving Reality, the podcast, is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon.